Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. We had a little break again last week. You know, I'm going to start off with some happy news, which is what we like to do here at Happy Hour. (laughs) Okay. Which we know is a misnomer because rarely do we talk about anything happy. It's ironic. (laughs) It's like ironic happy hour. We don't sing 90s music here. Sorry. No, only 80s music. Only 80s. Um, so what was I going to say, Liz? We have good news. There's not, <laughs> there's not a lot of it. So you couldn't have forgotten. <laughs> I actually did just forget. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't, I can't think of any good news. So it's on you, Julie, unless you remember it, we're just not going to have good news. <laughs> Um, so apparently we're going back to lockdowns and masks, even at the Capitol. Oh, yes. Yes. All the vaccinated people. I think I read that 85% of the House of Representatives are vaccinated. And then the ones who aren't vaccinated are the ones that had COVID. So, yeah. Well, the good news is U.S. Capitol Police, which acts as the personal stormtroopers for Nancy Pelosi, they announced on Thursday morning that they are going to start rounding up people who don't follow Pelosi's latest mask uh, dictate. So that should be actually really hilarious to watch U.S. Capitol Police, who just a few days ago were crying because they were so stressed out. Can they do that, though? I was going to say, I... You know, I didn't watch that or anything, but I did see some clips on Twitter and I'm like, are they in a good place where they could do that? Round up like a old white man in Congress and take him. I don't know where, um, you know, they just don't seems like it might be a, a heavy lift for them. Well, let's just envision for state. a minute one of the crying U.S. Capitol Police officers trying to arrest Marjorie Taylor Greene like. That might be the best thing to happen in not just 2021, but basically since January of 2020, when we used to have a real life. Would you put your money on the police officer or MTG? (laughs) Like, what's your over under? Like, what would you where would you put your money? Like a thousand to one. Um. (laughs) This is crazy. So they sent out a bulletin today. So uh, we have to talk about the motivation behind this. I mean, there's something driving this more theatrics um, and trying to criminalize anti-mask use. So but this bulletin today issued by U.S. Capitol Police wearing of masks mandatory at all times for U.S. Capitol Police personnel and interior spaces on Capitol grounds. Okay, fine. You guys can wear masks because you don't want anyone to you don't want to be identified. Um, the officers who work there shall enforce this mask policy on all staff and visitors within the above noted locations. This includes all house office buildings, the hall of the house, house committee meetings. Although this applies to members of Congress, officers should not arrest any member for failure to wear a mask. Damn, or comply with the mask mandate any member who fails to comply uh, to wear a mask should be reported to the house sergeant at arms office oh no is that like the principal's office of congress it is it is it's like the principals i guess in the simpsons or like i have this image of what principal skinner is that his name on the simpsons like i guess they're gonna report you to principal skinner maybe it's like the principal maybe it's like the um ferris bueller's principal you know where oh 
Yes. You did not wear your mask nine times. What's the reason? Like, is there a reason that they're enforcing this now? Like, what? what's the science behind it, right? Um, the Delta variant, where have you been? It's going but to kill they, us all. <laughs> but they have, they're vaccinated. And the ones that aren't vaccinated have some immunity. So they're just going to give each other, they're going to give the other vaccinated people the virus like what i i mean it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense maybe um, I, i'm missing something well um i so i don't know because they're uh, as we know undermining their own um well let's do we put science in quotations now like scare quotes because there is no science that's so, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm very confused on this. Like, I'm trying to follow the rules that were here. Like, I'm trying to follow what those rules are as they're announced. So, people are getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. The people that are, are vaccinated can get COVID, but they, they can spread COVID, but I guess they're, not as uh, as contagious or I'm not sure they don't get as sick. So, Liz, so why do you sound confused? This is clear I, as I, day. I don't understand why a bunch of people who are vaccinated would have to wear masks. I guess I just I mean, just I'm looking for a reason. Like, I just want to understand how this works. OK, so I have two theories, if you'll indulge me. Okay, please. On happy hour. Um, One is that Joe Biden has been acting so freakishly weird over the last week or so. Like he had that totally disastrous town hall, then apparently said something about his butt. Um, He's just like back to being Joe Biden clownish. And so I think part of this, because they announced masks back in the White House, they're going to be doing social distancing again. So I think part of this is a ruse to keep him like back in the basement, but also they're trying to get ahead of the fact that people are slowly realizing this is not a vaccine in the traditional sense at all. Um, Most people took it thinking that it would at least stop, that it would stop them from getting the virus. Right. But that's not how it was ever sold. I mean, it was sold that way. No, it was sold like that. That's exactly how it was sold. It was sold that way. I'm sorry. Even my husband the other day was like, wait, if you get the vaccine, you could still get the virus. And I'm like, yes, the 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 gig was your symptoms wouldn't be as bad, which, of course, there's really no way to tell on an individual basis if that's true or not. So what's going to happen is because this is an annual respiratory virus like the flu and other viruses, um, the surges that we're seeing in the South, we're going to start seeing in the Midwest and Northeast pretty soon, right? I mean, by the end of September, October, the normal respiratory virus uh, cycle. So I think they're trying to get ahead of that a little bit um, because everyone's going to be like, WTF, how, what's happening? Well, I know that, at, you know, we've been doing this for about a year and a half now. And so we do have different data available to base our policy decisions now on wearing masks <clears throat> and socially distancing, um, 
specifically, we have states that didn't have any mask mandate or had a very short mask mandate. And then we have states and cities that had very strict lockdowns, mask mandates, social distance. Um, and we can compare wh what was the path of the virus. You know, were these less restrictive states and cities, was it more deadly there to live there? Was it more deadly to live in the lockdowns? And I'm wondering why we're not going to, I guess because this is becoming more and more transparent that this is just like a Simon Says situation, right? Simon right. Says, put your mask on. Simon Says, you know, um, you know, I think most people started out kind of like looking for guidance and wanting direction um, from the quote experts who know these things. Because again, the average person, they don't know anything about vaccines, viruses, um, something new, a novel coronavirus, they don't know. And so, you know, people start out looking to the authorities for information. What, what, what should we do? What's the best way? But now I just feel like it's Simon says this, you do it. You know, and it does not make a lot of sense. And I say this as someone who's vaccinated and I got vaccinated right. because I did not want to get the coronavirus. And I have um, pre-existing conditions and a history of problems with upper, you know, deadly upper respiratory uh, infections. So I was under the impression that this would um, make if I were to get the virus, that I would have a much less chance of being hospitalized or dying. Um, but now I'm seeing reports that people who are vaccinated, at first, it was always in the media, it was like those breakthrough cases, comma, rare, uncomma. And now I see that 25% of the hospitalizations in LA are people who are vaccinated. So I'm like, is that rare? Because <laughs> when I think rare, I'm thinking like 2%, Three percent. I'm not thinking a quarter. And can you people. even trust that number? Do you even trust no. that number? No, because from from some of the stuff I've been following, there are places that aren't even reporting things like that. They're not asking or they're not <clears throat> counting certain people that are vaccinated. They're not recording it. They're not saying, OK, you are vaccinated and you have covid. They're not really asking. I don't even know if the CDC is publishing the figures anymore on what percentage of people who are hospitalized have been vaccinated. So I don't know. This is just a real shit show. And <clears throat> as as much as the Democrats come out and they say, oh, it's the Republicans and their vaccine deniers, I, I think there's a lot more people that fall into the anti-vax thing now than when it started. And that's because the the institutions and the public health officials have shit their credibility away you know now everything they do just makes you more suspicious wait liz are you suggesting that you don't buy into the stories of doctors and nurses when people who are on their deathbed and haven't been vaccinated their last gas words are i wish i had the fauci ouchie are you saying you don't believe um, that well i don't i don't believe that Partially because I think something like half of all 
hospital workers have not gotten vaccinated yet. (laughs) So no, and they're mandating it at the VA, right? At the Veterans Administration, they're mandating that you get the vaccine. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm told that these medical professionals are so fucking smart and they know, you know, plus we have all these TikTok doctors and nurses, you know, doing little dances, telling us how people are dying on their vents, begging for the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, well, then why aren't all the nurses and doctors at the VA or other hospitals getting vaccinated? You know, there was a couple like a month ago, there was like, a, I think a, over 100 hospital workers at a hospital in, U, U, in uh, Houston that right. are suing because they were fired because they refused to get the vaccine. And I'm like, well, why are these healthcare workers? What's what's up? What do they know? What's going on? So. I don't know. I just think every, I think this whole thing has been handled very poorly if the claims about the vaccine are in fact legitimate, which I'm now beginning. I don't know if this is just a it control mech. I don't even want to think that way. It's so dark, you know, to think that this is just a, about manipulating people at the level of we would make you get a vaccine, you know, not your typical manipulation you get from the government. I mean, it's just gross. Well, it is. And I mean, obviously, we know Pfizer and Pfizer really made no secret of this several months ago when they said this was, a, you know, all of their their bottom line, I think, was going to grow by 35 to 40 percent with the vaccines. They were planning on making this an annual vaccine. Now there's talk of a booster, which they also talked about months ago. So um, a booster know, for what? You know what I mean? It's like a booster for what? It's like your original product doesn't even work, it seems, or isn't working. And we really, you are right. I mean, it's kind of not, it's not falsifiable. I mean, there's no way to know um, if somebody who is vaccinated has a milder case or, you know, and avoids the hospital, whereas they would have been in the hospital. We don't really know. Um, Plus, there's a lot of people that have gotten COVID and recovered, and they have some level of immunity. I mean, I don't know how long they have immunity for, right? I mean, we're hearing all sorts of mixed messages on on that, but I don't know. But wouldn't it's it all be very- just sort of the normal kind of immunity that you would have for any kind of virus? Um, I mean, some you have immunity for a long time, others you don't. Um, I mean, how many gazillion viruses are there out there? And if this is novel and we don't know that much about it, then how can they even say? I mean, if you and I both contracted COVID, the virus, you and I would have completely different symptoms just because of who we are and we're your individual human bodies and you have certain health things and I have health. So how did they even make that judgment from the beginning that it would minimize symptoms? Because they know that most people who get this virus don't suffer severe side effects. So from the beginning, it was an easy sell, right? Even for those who realized it wasn't a true vaccine, it was what, like glorified Tylenol, glorified NyQuil? I don't know. So, but there's no way to say, oh, well, I got COVID. I only got the sniffles. I was tired. I lost my sense of smell. I'm not on a ventilator. To your point, how is, what's the gauge there? What's the barometer? How do you, how do they even know? Yeah. And from what I've seen some reports, the, well, the Delta variant is 
more contagious. It's not more deadly. So, I mean, viruses tend to get less deadly, right? They don't get more deadly. So that's right. That's right. But if, viruses if, don't don't die off. Viruses outsmart us every single time. They figure out a way to survive. They just do. And well, that's because all living things are wired to do that. That's why they don't get deadlier because then they would kill their host and then they would die and they would, you know what I mean? There would just be no one left. They would just kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that makes, that makes, um, that, that's, that's how I understand it. So we're just getting all kinds of weird information. We're, we're getting statistics that don't line up with things we were promised. And at the same time, the government is getting pissed because people just think they're all liars now because they've constantly changed the things that they're saying. And, you know, I think as time goes on, we're going, there's going to be more, we're going to find out more things that are not true. And now we're back with the masks. And the lockdowns. And the kids with the masks. Now it's like, oh, your kid has to be masked. And it's like, there's literally... No evidence. There are, I'm trying to think of, um, some place had no mask mandate and they had kids in school. And I think it was Sweden. Mm-hmm. Sweden never locked down. They didn't have masks on the kids in school. And no kid died from COVID and no teacher caught COVID. So, you know, like, it, it's interesting because we we're in this crisis or we started with this crisis last year. And instead of the government working to return us to normal as soon as possible, we're seeing the government like trying to keep us in the crisis as long as possible. Right. I mean, especially with the kids that's like I mentioned in Sweden, I think Denmark, too. Mm -hmm. I think that they didn't they didn't put masks on their kids. They didn't lock down. That would be a great reason to say, well, we're trying to keep as many things is, you know, we're trying to get as normal as possible. So we don't have to worry about kids. You know, we know the younger kids are much less, you know, not really good vectors of the disease. So we've got that. Instead, they're like, no, you know, we don't know if there's going to be school in the fall and you're gonna have to wear a mask, put masks on your three-year-old. Um, it, it's just, and then they're like, why don't, doesn't anyone believe us? Oh, I don't know. Well, they're going back to the lockdowns. D.C., it looks like, just announced um, more masks than indoor restaurants. This is just a way to move back toward lockdowns. Um, I think it's a way also to try to um, blame uh, what's happening on the poor economic numbers that we keep getting. So, I mean, this is all working together just like it did before. And so this is actually the cover up for Biden's poor economy. And um, but it's here's the question, Liz, how much will people go along with it this time? Um, How much are people going to let their kids go to school with masks or go back to remote because these teachers, this is also part of it. These a lot of these teachers don't want to go back to school. So they're going to blame this uh, Delta variant and the rising cases, et cetera, for why they want to stay remote. Um, how many restaurants will actually shut down again? How many venues will force people to wear masks? I'm just curious, knowing what we know, how many Americans are going to once again submit to these completely unscientific, just willy-nilly demands of 
totally discredited politicians and public health officials. Well, I think what we're we're going to see is that the longer that they draw this out, the worse midterm elections are going to be for these for the Democrats because right. they're the ones pushing it and the Republicans are pushing back on it. And there are a lot of purple states or fake blue states that, you know, had a lot of let's just say a lot of drop boxes um in 2020 that people are getting angry, you know. Um the best thing for a lot of these politicians is to not have people amped up about an issue that they suck on for the, you know, for as far as the Democrats are concerned. So people are pissed about critical race theory and they're probably really pissed. Their kids might not be in school again. And that puts a burden on them because someone has to stay home with their kids and someone has to watch their kids online zoom school, which of course just exposes more of their crazy critical race theory, which just pisses people off even more. Not to mention people who's lost their business that, you know, are continually affected by the economy. Um, I don't know how long they can drag this out without being worried that it's really going to affect their elections next year. I don't know. I do think that's that's great. What do you think? I do think that's a great point. I think that that is a difference between, say, a state like Illinois or Michigan or any of these states where the governor is up for re-election next year. That wasn't the case when they were shutting things down throughout 2020. The, they had, you know, safe, they were only midway, not even through their terms. But when you have governors who are going to be running, certainly not in Illinois, but say these other states, uh, Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, all of these states with Democratic governors who just shut down everything for months, um, they're, you know, their popularity is already underwater. And if they do this one more time or try to, I think there, there will be political backlash in the elections next year, uh, which they didn't have to worry about in 2020. I, I think you're right. So we'll, we'll see how long that they can do this before they are, do some kind of political calculus and realize how problematic this is because, you know, the media is really such a, a propaganda machine that, that it, it gave the image that there was just this huge, um, like, desire for the vaccine. And then when the vaccines came out and they're struggling to get, like, over 50% of the country vaccinated. So now you see that, no, only 50% of, of the country was vaccinated and a far fewer number of that were really excited to get vaccinated. I think a lot of people got vaccinated because their workplace required it and they needed to travel and and things like that. So the the media is very good at portraying the status quo as one thing when it really isn't. And so we'll see how that works out in an election when there's the appearance that everybody is a Karen and they're little mask Nazis when a lot of people are like enough already, you know, enough already with this crap. And I mean, shutting things down and masks on kids and masks at the gym, you know, Um, I I think that they may have really overshot themselves. And I wonder 
if the biggest backlash will be by people who were hesitant to get the vaccine, had to get it either for their workplace, as you said, or just because, you know, their grandma said, I won't see you unless you're vaccinated. People who got sick from the vaccine, um, only now to realize that basically it's useless, that there's no way to test. Now we know its efficacy drops dramatically to the extent there ever was any. Um, you know, was it the past six months we saw declining cases because of the vaccine or because it was a normal, again, normal respiratory virus cycle where people were getting the vaccines towards the end of what would be a normal flu season? And, you know, we've lived the past four, five, six months without a big uptick. And you're seeing it in the normal places where we saw it last year, starting in the South, because why? People are going indoors because it's too hot to be outside. When that starts happening, you know, in the northern half of the country in the next few months, you're going to see the same thing, which speaks to another ridiculous thing. One of the biggest mistakes public health experts made, which was shoving everyone inside. That's where people got sick. They got sick in households because everybody was there. They got sick, obviously, in hospitals, in nursing homes, anywhere that was an enclosed space. They should have been outside away from each other. Um, And so... You know, that's what we're going to see again. And they they realize that that's coming. Um, So I wonder what the backlash will be from vaccinated people. Well, yeah, yeah, that's going to there's really not going to be a way to hide that. Yeah. So um, that's a good that's a good point. And we'll see if they shut down the gyms again or, you know, like my favorite. I think my favorite video of the whole coronavirus epic was that California like Coast Guard like chasing that guy who's all by himself and he was like (laughs) he had he remember he had like that oar and he was like rowing on like I don't know what it's called like a surfboard all by himself and they were like went after him like that that like is that guy not allowed to do that or get you know, sunshine is really important, too, for yes. people's health. And, right. you know, not just to, to put people inside, but not to let them go outside or make it the conditions so ridiculous. Like, who wants to run with a mask on or ride their bike or play tennis or do any play golf or play a sport like that, you know, and rob them of the sunshine? It's like you couldn't make a better recipe for make, getting people sick. You, you really can't. Um, but you know, Liz, what's scary is there are so many Americans who want to not just live in misery themselves, but want others to live in misery. There are just very unhappy, joyless people who are gratified at the sight of people forced to wear masks and away from their families and not at parties or concerts or restaurants or doing fun things because they're miserable people. And they want everyone else to share in their misery. And that's been sort of an illuminating aspect of all of this. I did read today that the DOJ is considering suing states that refuse to, like, go down the mask mandate path again. Ron DeSantis. Um, I think that will be interesting to see how that works. plays out if they really are going to do that because one one way to kind of protect yourself against this sort of random and arbitrary rules we're getting 
is to live in a state where you don't have a shit for brains governor. And which is basically DOJ, every state except which like is almost all the states, two. Um, <laughs> but not Ron DeSantis. Right. Um, so if they're going to sue Ron DeSantis um, for not, you know, for not having a, a mask mandate, that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I don't I don't know. I'm just watching this and I'm scratching my head and I just wonder how long are people going to put up with this? I'm just so glad we don't have a politicized justice department like we did under Donald Trump. God, what a relief. No mean tweets and no politicized justice department. No, totally independent, not threatening election audits, not threatening governors to not comply with mask mandates you know, rounding up Trump supporters across the country. God, thank oh, God. Yeah, Julie, so give us, so we had a big week because we started the January 6th commission <laughs> hearings. Um, That was yesterday for the, was the first day. I'm sure this is probably going to be going on. To, it'll be televised for as long as they can, can televise it. I did not watch any of it. I saw some clips. Lucky you. I saw some TV. I saw some tears, but I saw some clips. So tell our listeners, give us a report, give us an update. What happened during this, during this commission? So um, there, there's a new saying that came out of the committee that I think our, our listener is going to want to know about because it's, it's pretty edgy. And I think um, we should make this a thing. Apparently when grown men cry, in front of a national audience about something that happened almost seven months ago and lasted about four hours and involved like some furry people and some grandmas from Indiana. Um, When those grown men cry, it's called um, an Adam thing. A-D-A-M. Adam thing. I don't get it. Is that a, I don't, I'm stupid. Like, can you explain that to me? Well, why don't we um, share the the clip of one of the Adams, and um, this would be Adam Schiff, who, it's worth noting, did everything in his power for four years to overturn the results of the 2016 election, lied about Russian collusion for years to the American people, said that the only reason Trump won was because he got help from Vladimir Putin. Uh, and of course, headed up the first impeachment trial. So back then, that was cool. Now it's something worthy of Oscar-winning performances um, and and lots of waterworks. So let's share that with our listener. Better the next time, God help us. And if we're so driven by bigotry and hate that we attack our fellow citizens as traitors. If they're born in another country or they don't look like us. (laughs) (laughs) But I have faith. Because of folks like you. And uh, Adam, I didn't expect this would be quite so much later, but. It must be an Adam thing today, uh, but I'm so grateful to all of you. And with that, Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my, my God. gosh. That is just so ridiculous. 
so that was fake. That was Adam Schiff. Um, suddenly it's pretending that he has a conscience, which he doesn't, but he's referring to his, um, crier in arms, Adam Kinzinger, um, who also cried like, but like ugly crying, you know, have you ever seen the movie Bridesmaids? Yes. That's one of my favorite movies. So, you know, the scene I'm talking about. Yes. So what's your name? Is it Kirsten Wig? Is in the Kristen car? Wig. Kristen Wig. And uh, the pretty girl Helen is crying, <clears throat> and and then she's like, "Oh my God, you're an ugly crier." And she's like, "No, I'm not." She's like, "Yes, you are." So anyway, that could have been the Adams saying that to each other. That I I, I I'm not really I'm not really sure what. He, what he was trying to do but I'm looking at it from a what like I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt like what's what are we learning here when I when I think that this is largely just like a a, a show you know like a Broadway show or you know like your local theater troupe you know putting on a show getting the sound bites I mean Adam Kinsinger he's one of the two Republican air quotes on the committee, the rest of the Republicans, what uh, McCarthy, Speaker of the House, or no, I'm sorry, Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy pulled them off after Nancy Pelosi vetoed two of his suggestions for people on the committee. And because this is all done in good faith, mind you. And so he pulled the rest of the Republicans out, except for Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who are two barely Republicans. Adam Kinzinger obviously is, is auditioning for his next gig because he is probably going to be redistricted and will lose if he's not anyway. So he's all he the only place he can go is K Street, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that was his audition. And Schiff also was auditioning for what he was going to say on the, I guess, CNN that night. Am I right? I don't know what happened yesterday. I'm going to guess he was on CNN, mm-hmm. teary eyes, like with like, maybe he had like some makeup on, like red eyeshadow, kind of like under his eyes a little, you know what I mean? Like he kind of <laughs> went on, he had like some makeup kind of looking, oh, my eyes are so bloodshot because I've been crying all day. Um, Yeah, that, that's my interpretation of it. Like I said, I did not watch it. I just saw little clips of stuff on Twitter when I was on Twitter for a little bit yesterday. I thought, God bless Julie, because I just don't have the stomach to follow this right now. I was busy with the Simone Biles controversy, which we'll talk about later. So go ahead. Continue your update. Yes, we will, because I have no idea what that I keep seeing it. And I just didn't have the interest. To, I'll be there. So I'll, be, I'll, I'll I got you, girl. I this is how girl. we cover each other. This is why we're just That's right. unstoppable. So Julie covers the January 6th commission and Liz covers gymnastics you can just well totally even you, there you are a former gymnast and i am a former um prisoner so there oh okay no. no it was it was only a few hours people don't get up excited about it so anyway um the whole thing was theater it was like summer stock um at your local uh community uh theater 
There were a lot of tears. There was banging on the desks. Um, the only person who didn't cry is Liz Cheney, which is sort of funny because well, she's she so her soul is dead. So yeah, she she has no warm blood coursing through her body. So that was easy. Um, but I, I will tell you what they did. The performance on Tuesday was dangerous in this regard. Every case is going to be tried out of Washington, D.C. So these Trump supporters, protesters who have been rounded up, some of them held in this D.C. jail, um, they don't have a shot of a fair trial uh, or even a fair hearing, as I've heard repeatedly you have federal judges, a lot of them appointed by Barack Obama, who are overseeing these cases and view these people as terrorists, even if they just walked in and did nothing wrong. So they don't have a shot. But what happened on Tuesday is hearing these police officers, three U.S. Capitol Police and one D.C. Metro cop, um, refer to Americans as terrorists, refer to them as traitors, refer to them as insurrectionists. Uh, one uh, officer, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn, claimed, as he has said for the past few months in lots, numerous media interviews, that he was subjected to racial slurs, called the N-word after he announced for some reason he voted for Joe Biden, um, so he accused them of being racist. Uh, these people questioned the protesters' patriotism, questioned their Christianity. Um, it was so over the top uh, by these highly partisan actors. It was nothing professional, nothing that, you know, real police officers who deal with real criminals every single day, every single night in cities across the country would ever uh, express in a public forum like that. Um, but they've been goaded by the Democrats, uh, Benny Thompson, who is the chair of this uh, select committee. And of course, the others, including Adam Schiff and uh, others, other de leading Democrats. So they think that well, this I is wonder, because it seems like it's it, it seems like we didn't hear from any of the police officers that were just standing around while people were loitering you know, in the halls and we have video, you know, there's videos. I've seen videos of police just kind of standing there where people are just kind of posing for pictures or in the rope line. They're not really doing anything. Um, but we didn't hear from those officers and we didn't hear from the officers that kind of let people in the door. So that's another thing on the optics that kind of makes it look like this is stacked in one direction. Um, and one other thing I have to say, you know, if your job is to protect the capital and your ca the capital is comes under attack, you, why are you surprised? Like, isn't that is part of your job? I mean, you're not just like running the the magnetometers at the begin opening of the at the you know at the front of the building, right? I mean, are aren't aren't they trained for that? You know, like right, th this might happen. And to and another thing, having lived here for a while. There are protests that go on in this city all of the time, all the time, even before Trump, even right. under Obama, under Bush. There is someone protesting something all the time, all the time. So you've got to kind of know that you're going to be dealing with a crowd, whether there's not a lot of them or there's a lot of them, but they're they're not unruly, whatever. So it is kind of weird to see these people surprised that they're being attacked, especially in light of what we saw in D.C., the last year, you know, the whole last year, 
there were people doing there was all sorts of attacks at in front of the White House, violent attacks. So we had a, a church set on fire. So, you know, it doesn't seem like I'm not excusing any of the violence, but it also seems like there was there's been violence. So it shouldn't have been completely out of the blue and crazy. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Well, that's what a lot of people were asking as the hearing was going on and afterwards. Where are the public hearings across the country featuring police officers who were brutally attacked uh, night after night during the George Floyd riots? You know, where are the Portland police? And some of these are federal officers, too, who've been attacked. I mean, D.C. Metro, I don't think are technically federal officers. I could be wrong. U.S. Capitol Police for sure are. But where are the hearings across the country, not only talking about the police officers, the business owners who lost their livelihoods, people who were just attacked out of the blue uh, by these BLM and Antifa uh, rioters. So where are the hearings for those officers to explain what they went through? Or to your point, even what happened in Lafayette Square last June, where we saw violence and destruction and burning of churches and um, intimidating. I mean, they were menacing the White House to the point where Trump had to be put into a bunker at one point because they were getting so close to the White House and they were so violent and vicious. So where's the public hearing about that? No, they flipped the script on that, right? Because then at that time, the cops were the bad guys because they were tear gassing protesters who were outside uh, trying to allegedly clear the way for Trump's photo op at St. John's Church, which we found out a year later was not the case at all. It was Park Police who cleared them out because of a curfew. They had been warned, et cetera. A year ago, they were the bad guys, right? A year later, they are the heroes. They are the victims. They're on leave for emotional trauma. They're going to get book deals. Michael Fanone, who is the tattooed up uh, D.C. Metro officer, who apparently was not even supposed to be there that day. He said he just showed up on his own, um, which is interesting. Anyway, he was on CNN Tuesday night with Don Lemon. They hugged. He was on CNN Wednesday morning talking about his, you know, how apparently his recovery. Um, So this is far more than officers explaining, which they should what they saw on January 6th, also explaining their own role in promoting and provoking the violence, such as D.C. police and U.S. Capitol Police throwing explosive devices into the crowd outside when they were doing nothing wrong, dousing them with tear gas, uh, beating them with their batons. Those are the videos that most of the public has not seen. We didn't see any of that Tuesday, as you can imagine. We also didn't see the video of supporters, protesters outside helping Fanone get through the crowd, apparently, after he had been injured. Um, we was didn't he see in that uniform, video. Julie? Do you know, like, was he there in his uniform or was he just in plain clothes and was like, I'm going to go see what's going on? No, no. He Now, he is apparently a tact- tactical officer. He's in narcotics division at D.C. Metro. He had on what I can tell from video, just a black, uh, you know, these cops were dressed head to toe where you could not really see their identity. U.S. Capitol Police were mostly in riot gear. Okay. See Metro also covered head to toe, also with masks on, so you couldn't see them. So he had some sort of black getup on, but he did have a body-worn camera. So he brought that with him to 
which I don't think is, I don't know, as a narcotics officer, that's usual either. So there's a lot of sketchy stuff with Fanon. I, for one, would love to see his entire body cam footage because U.S. Capitol Police don't wear body cams, but D.C. Metro cops do. I'd like to see his entire uh, body cam footage. He even said that in the hearing on Tuesday. I totally agree. But he was being helped through the crowd. They did not show that clip, but um, uh, other people have found it. So just more evidence he, of cherry So he was being helped, but he had identified himself as a police officer, and so the crowd helped him? Yes. Okay. That's interesting. I, one question I've, I've had throughout um, all of this, kind of just following the, the news as it comes out, um, I do remember before these, this planned event that there were a lot of rumors that Antifa and some of the BLM, the violent elements in BLM were going to show up. I know that this was a concern a lot of people there was people tweeting about it um that this was a worry and that i know that there were two other events here i think two maybe one a trump after the election where a lot of people came to dc and that at night when these people were out dining or doing something they were attacked so the background then for this event was that there could be violence because there had been violence. So right. why were the Capitol Police and the DC Metro Police so underprepared? It seems like they were underprepared. I mean, I don't know, maybe you know, what percentage of people that the crowd that ended up at the Capitol were violent? You know, what percentage and why were the police so underprepared for violence? Well, I mean, there were hundreds of thousands of people there that day, right? I mean, that's, we can't get an official number because DC, they don't want to give an official number, but everyone who was there and even the photographs you see from that day, I mean, the town, the, the city was swamped with Trump people. So at first, um, Capitol Police estimated about 800 people entered the building. How many of them were violent? Right now, roughly 100 or so face any sort of assaulting police officers or carrying a weapon, um, not even using a weapon, but carrying a weapon. So it is a teeny percentage of the total of all the people who were there that day. I'm going to argue that it's not so much that the cops were overwhelmed or understaffed. To the extent that they were, it was by design. Because Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, I suspect, um, were giving D.C. police and U.S. Capitol Police their marching orders, which was one, to um, use these kind of flimsy bike racks as security that people could easily overrun. We also see in some videos they remove the bike racks or the racks to let protesters in. Um they also had the go-ahead to use those crowd control devices, even though the crowd was not doing anything except singing and waving their flags outside. This was around 1 or 1.30 that day before they were being attacked um, by cops in riot gear throwing these flashbangs, which stun people. I guess it's so loud, it's as loud as a jet engine. It also has a flashing device, which can temporarily blind people. Um, and it's very uh, traumatic for veterans. Um, some have said, you know, 
they suffer from PTSD, and so it was very traumatic for them. Apparently, these devices also have rubber bullets or little rubber pellets. You can see in video at American Greatness that we've po posted that um, these people talk about being hit with these bullets, with these pellets. Uh, they were dousing protesters with tear gas. They were punching them. They were using their batons on them. This is exactly why they don't want to release all the footage because they don't want the American people to see that. But that is reality. Know, was there, there was no like moat. There was no like event that caused them to do this. Like, no. you know what they. OK, that that's what I was unclear about, because I've seen the videos where there's like smoke and, you know, that I can and hear I can hear things. But I, what I didn't know is did something happen first or they just just did this to, I don't know, disperse the crowd? I don't know. I think I, in my opinion, they did it to provoke the crowd. So the first video that I got from this, I had never seen, right? I've been in, investigating, reporting on this for months. And someone sent this to me, I want to say April or May. You have all these Trump supporters far outside of the Capitol building. They're staying away. They're flying their flags. They're singing, you know, patriotic songs. And then all of a sudden you could see the D.C. Metro and U.S. Capitol Police up on the terrace and they start launching these grenades, stun grenades into the crowd. And the crowd's like, what? So what What the hell? We're not doing anything. We're, we're staying away. We want our voices heard. We're not going to do anything. And so you could see the cops throwing these items and then starting to engage the protesters. And then those are the clips that you see afterwards, people fighting back against the cops. You know, I always go to the clip of Thomas Webster, who is a former Marine ex-NYPD cop, right? He used to do security detail for Gracie Mansion. This was his first political protest he ever went to. He has no criminal record, obviously, right? I mean, he is like cop through and through. The clip that they show of him, because, of course, he was arrested, he runs up to the police line and starts screaming at them, you fucking commies, why are you attacking Americans? You're attacking Americans. Take your shit off. I want to see your face that you're doing this. So this is a cop confronting other cops because they are assaulting people who are outside doing nothing wrong. But the clip that you see of Webster is only his confrontation. You don't see what happened, you know, 20, 30 minutes before. What Webster said in his testimony and his lawyer has said is he watched this go on for 20 or 30 minutes. He watched these cops throwing things. He watched them spraying tear gas at people who were doing nothing wrong. That's why he ran through the crowd up to the line to basically tell them to stop. And then he got you into what, a physical altercation. What, what, what I think what one thing I do know is that there was always a plan to have an event outside the Capitol. So people and I, and I definitely think that there were bad elements there that were going to make trouble. Like, absolutely. No I know that there were there was there were bad people wearing some coast playing, whatever was commandos um, that were there to make trouble. But there was always an event supposed to be there. And this these things are all permitted. You know, this isn't a surprise. You can't show up somewhere in D.C. and have like a surprise rally like this okay it's all known in advance mm -hmm. um so they knew the police the capital the authorities knew there was going to be an event outside the capital 
it wasn't supposed to be a breach. The cat, you know, it wasn't supposed to be beat cops up and smash things and get inside the building, but it was going to be an event outside the Capitol. That's what it was supposed to be. And it, that's not a secret. That was part of the, the, the plan that was, you know, sent around and promote on Facebook and whatever. And so they knew people were going to be there. So that, it sounds even stranger that once the people were there for an event that was planned and they knew about, they started throwing flashbangs at them. That's that, right. Is that, is that, that's just, is, am I missing something or is that right? No, that, that was right. And that's why I honestly think that's a big reason why they called off any national guard because they didn't want extra security there to say, wait, why are you throwing stuff at these people? They're not doing anything wrong. Or why aren't we forming a more fortified line so these so people can't get in, say, on the west side? Or why are you opening the doors? We're not supposed to be letting them in. They didn't want any oversight. That's why it was strictly U.S. Capitol Police, D.C. Metro, and then apparently FBI ATF agents showed up at some point. We don't know when or what they did. Um, so that's why they didn't want additional help that day. Okay. Well, that's, um, all right. So what, um, are you, are you optimistic that the continuing hearings, when's the next one? Like that this, we're going to be getting any good answers to the questions that I've asked or just that people have in general about, you know, what went on, who gave the order, how much were these people, um, no, you know, well, how much did these these law enforcement officials know about the event before it started? Like, what did they know to expect was going to happen? Um, I don't I think the next meeting is August, but no, we won't get any solid answers. OK, great. Which is why Republicans great. should be doing their own hearings and featuring. Oh, that's not going to happen. I oh, know. I know. No, they're, 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 they're never going to do anything. They'll write a letter. Maybe. Happiness. <laughs> They'll write a letter. They'll write a, they, they will do that. They'll write a letter, maybe a tweet or something. I don't know. Yeah, they're not going to, um, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to let this go. And they're afraid because, you know, the Democrats and the media, they've been really good at, at characterizing every single person that was there, um, as being a Nazi terrorist, white supremacist, whatever. And so the Republicans are so cowardly, they don't want to stick up for most of the people. It seems like 99% of the people were there who kind of got caught up in something like physically, just were physically there, but not beating people, breaking things. Um, they don't want to defend those people. They're just collateral damage, you know, um, because they don't want, to have Politico write like a nasty story about them. We don't God want that. Boo-hoo. All right. Before All right, we well, sign off, I want you to explain what what the controversy was this week. Oh, yes. So I'm watching the Olympics, and apparently I'm one of just a few people since the ratings aren't particularly good from what I've seen. And I'm a big gymnastics person. I was a gymnast when I was little or younger. Yeah. I won't say little. Um, I was never an elite gymnast, don't, so I don't speak as an elite gymnast, but basically the controversy is this. So Simone Biles, who is really extraordinary and is really the greatest of all time gymnast. Um, is she, she really, is, is she like better she than is. like Mary Lou Rutten that I think that's yes. the last time I watched gymnastics. Okay. Yes. Yes, she is. 
she is. Okay. And there's, it's just, that's not even, you know, that isn't even a questionable. She's 24. Um, and, and she really, she really, really is extraordinary. She's also, I think the only one on the team that had also been, um, raped and sexually assaulted by, uh, Larry Nasser, who was the team director while, the USA Gymnastics, which is the governing board for the gymnastic sport here in America and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, just kind of dragged their feet and didn't give a shit that this doctor was shoving his fingers inside these girls' vaginas and called right. it therapy for their broken and injured bones. Anyway, so Simone, um, you know, a lot of these gymnasts, gymnastics is tends to be like a younger sport. You know, there are some sports where you don't have to be super young. You get better as you get older and you're not physically compromised by your old age. Um, but gymnastics is not that sport. And so putting the Olympics off a year really took a, t- takes a toll on the gymnasts. Um, so, you know, all, all of them had their, the Olympics, the girls that were contenders that have been competing at the elite level. And so, um, so Simone has become really a hero here in the U.S. because she is, in fact, she's so extraordinary. She's so talented. Um, but the media, you know, loves to blow people up so they can tear them down to shreds. And so Simone had quite a bit of pressure on her going into the Olympics. She was the face of the Olympics, like literally <laughs> the face of the Olympics, all the Olympic commercials and the ads that you would see, you know, almost all of them mentioned Simone Biles. Everybody cheered her on. And if you've watched her her tricks, I mean, she just is incredible. And gymnast, and most sports at the elite level, and I say this as someone who's never been at an elite level, but I have competed my whole life in something or other. You know, once you get to a certain level, your 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 sport is like ninety percent mental, okay. And if you lose your shit, you sure. you can ruin the fact that you are physically very capable of excelling at what you're doing. Um, I know Julie, you play tennis, you know, you're, you play tennis, you, you've played a lot of tennis. That's why I had to quit golf because it's such a head. It's just any, any sport like that. But I mean, this is different because I'm not just swinging like a nine iron. Like this is, you're flying through the air. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so Simone, for whatever reason, um, when you are, I've had this happening when I've, when I, used to shoot trap. I, I shoot sporting clay now, but I used to shoot trap. I used to compete in trap. That's sport. That's a shotgun sport, by the way, with little orange clays. And I would compete. And, you know, I was a decent, I was a pretty decent, good trap shooter. But, you know, if you get in your head, you, you're, you're really fucked. You, you, you cannot do what your body knows to do at a level of muscle memory. And a lot of these sports are based on muscle memory. You're moving fast. Your body is habituated. It's almost instinct and subconscious. You know, if you had to stop and rethink every single step of doing the things that you do in a sport, you just couldn't do it. You're too slow. Your, your reasoning, your brain doesn't work as fast as your instincts work because it's just the way humans are wired. So for whatever reason, I think Simone just had a lot of stress. And she was overthinking her her tricks. And the minute you start overthinking your tricks and you don't let your instinct or muscle memory kick in, you are in a very dangerous position. And um, I've seen a lot of assholes on Twitter, you know, people that play World of Warcraft or fantasy football, you know, that think they're athletes. You're not mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. criticizing her for saying, you know, I can't do this. It's too dangerous. She knew she's going to hurt her team. 
because her scores would, you know, would, would not be good. But also um, in the team all around, which was t- two days ago, which is there's there's several different gymnastics events throughout the course of the Olympics. First, there's the qualifying where they figure out who that is sent by each country is going to compete in the team all around. And that means your team score on all the events, the top, your top three scores on your team, which is four, four people, you pick the top three, that's your all around score. And then your team gets gold, silver, bronze. Um, And so she knew that not only would her scores hurt the team, but she is in a tremendous amount of danger. All right. Mm -hmm. She's not, She's not running in a circle like on track or playing tennis where you're basically, if you don't perform, you just kind of embarrass yourself. You know, Um, I've certainly done that. (laughs) I've been a head case. I've embarrassed myself um, when I'm on, when I'm shooting, it happens. Um, But when someone who's flying through the air at a, a very high velocity and they're twisting and turning upside down, they can, you, they can actually kill them. They can kill themselves. Basically, you, you just need to land on your neck and you're you're done. And it's, it's exactly. happened before. Yeah, it has happened before. So the big controversy from the like couch potato losers is like, oh, she could have she she choked. She should have pulled out. And it was just disgusting. It's like, no, she she did. She did the right thing. She could not put her life in danger. And that's exactly what she would have done. A couple Olympics ago, I don't know if you remember, Julie, <clears throat> Dominique Mochianu, she's a U.S. gymnast, excellent gymnast, mm-hmm. gold medalist. She fell in a competition on the beam and she fell on her chin. And oh, I saw geez. like a close up of this. Okay. And Bella Caroli, who was used to be the uh, coach for the t- team, he's a, a filthy psychopath. He just told her you know, let's go. Next event is the floor. And it turned out Dominique Mochianu had cracked a vertebrae. So these things are very dangerous and you have to trust the athlete to say, I'm in, I can't do this. I'll put myself in danger and nobody's entitled to anything more from them. And it just is so disgusting. And it's sad. Yes, because she's great. Watching her is just incredible, but you know what? It, it it's safety first. So anyway, today she pulled out of the all around, which means all of the events are competed and a gymnast gets the highest. It's not the team anymore. It's the individual, all the different individual countries. So you, there's the gold, the silver and the bronze given to the, to the, the gymnast with the highest scores. Suni Salee, who is her teammate, fabulous girl, 20 years old, absolutely fantastic got the gold so good for us silver went to brazil um and the bronze went to the russians and you know it was it was a great thing but the big controversy was oh she's selfish she she's a um lazy entitled snowflake and it's like fuck you you don't get to that level being an entitled snowflake you just you don't so it's just really obnoxious and i was really irritated um Again, from people that like their big accomplishment is that fucking fantasy football or something. Oh, okay, sporto. Um, so anyway, that's what happened. The other Olympic sports I've been following, obviously, I follow Olympic skeet and Olympic track. The U.S. won the gold in women's skeet and the gold in men's skeet. So that was fabulous. And this morning I saw the our U.S. Um, 
in Olympic Trap. We got the silver, was really, really good. Cade Browning won the silver. Um, and we didn't have anybody make it into the men, men's trap. So we do well oh, with the guns. Okay. No kneeling, none of the fucking bullshit with the national anthem or shit like that with these folks. Um, you know, so I just kind of pick and watch some of the Olympics um, sports. But I super was hot on gymnastics and just disgusted by people's disregard, no sympathy, you know, for this girl who has had just an extraordinarily, extraordinary, extraordinary life. You know, she was in foster care. Her mother was a drug addict. She, mm. her grandparents adopted her and really nurtured her and her talent. She's a great testament and she's a fighter. So anyway, so that's, uh, that's my uh, two minutes of hate, as I say, in my morning greatness that I write every morning by 7 a.m. <laughs> amgreatness.com. I'm just usually, I'm just doing links lately because I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of doing a link roundup, but sometimes I write things and they're always profound so anyway and that's hilarious. our show i am sorry that we weren't here last week but we will be here next week um have i a hope great so weekend. what what say that i hope so julie, you, no well we don't know about julie because she's <laughs> she might she might be in solitary it's a day no, by day i'm thing, just kidding <laughs> and um i'm just kidding uh but we will be here next week and if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes, Happy Hour with Julie and Liz, give us five stars, give us six stars if they let you. And have a great weekend. We will see you next Friday. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.